this to work here. There we go. You'll recognize this if you're out at the state fair already. Watching Craig there perform on the stage <laughs> yesterday. Uh, blessing the, the whole state with his gifts. We are so fortunate to have him uh, here every Sunday morning. And uh, so it's only right that we share him every once in a while. Well, we have just two more animals to go in our summer series on the lessons that the animals in the Bible can teach us, and I bet you can tell what animal we are doing this week. It is pigs, and a shout out to, uh, to Mary and Doug Krennick and all my hog farming friends. You know, except for at the state fair, pigs don't get much respect. At the state fair, they kind of step into center stage for a brief moment every year. People come to see the biggest hog. This year the biggest boar was a 1,100 pound boar named Grandpa. He's from Renville, Minnesota. And uh, you can see that he is uh, very energetic. Uh, you know, at the fair, people will... Uh, will seek out delicious pork, pork chops on a stick, big fat bacon, a quarter pound slab of bacon on a stick. And of course, everybody's got to go to the pig barn and to get their pig ear paper hats. <laughs> pigs are a big thing at the state fair. But in general, pigs don't get much respect. Your mom ever tell you, don't be a pig? when you're eating too fast or too much? Or look into your room and say, your room looks like a pigsty, clean it up. Charlie Brown's friend who walked around in a cloud of dust was named Pigpen. Police were once insulted by being called pigs and, and offensive guys were too. And of course, when somebody smells particularly bad, you might say they smell like a pig. My grandmother lived across the road from a pig farm, and uh, there was an odor sometimes, and we kids would complain about it. My father would say, that's the smell of money. Yeah, somebody else knew that too. <laughs> it's the smell of money. Well, my father notwithstanding, pigs don't get much respect. Even the threat of hogs running wild and invading Minnesota doesn't gather our attention. Did you notice the news story about how beautiful northern Minnesota is threatened by wild Canadian pigs? Yeah. I read an article recently that says that the Canadian super pigs are coming down. Now, these aren't, uh, these aren't super polite pigs who say A all the time. These, these are hybrid pigs. They're a cross between the, the Russian wild boar and domestic pigs. And they escaped captivity back in the 80s, and they have been multiplying and expanding ever since. Now, in the southern U.S., there are 6 million feral hogs that cause $2.5 billion of damage 
every year. But those hogs are nothing compared to the Canadian super pigs. I visited a thousand acre high fence farm that was overrun with these boars. And they're like 300 pound living rototillers. They literally plow the ground with their snouts and their tusks. And they eat every living plant and animal they can get their mouth on. The farm looked like the surface of the moon. Except for the trees that they couldn't uproot, every living thing was gone. And those same kind of pigs are just across the border in Canada and headed our way. But even though you've heard this frightening news this morning, you'll probably forget all about it by lunchtime and go on with your life because hogs don't get much respect. Not even from God. You know, Jews were and are forbidden from eating pork by God's command. God tells the Jews in, in Deuteronomy chapter 14, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Do not eat any detestable thing. You may eat any animal that has a divided hoof and that chews the cud. However, of those that chew the cud or have a divided hoof, you may not eat the camel, the rabbit, or the hyrax. Although they chew the cud, they do not have divided hoof. They are ceremonially unclean for you. The pig is also unclean. Although it has a divided hoof, it does not chew the cud. You are not to eat their meat or touch their carcasses. Now God declared everything that he made good. So why did God here declare that pigs are unclean and forbid his people from having pork chops and ham and bacon? Well, some people say it's because pigs are, are physically unclean. You know, muddy hog pens, disgusting smells and all. But actually, if you give a pig clean surroundings, they're one of the cleanest animals. They, along with cats, rabbits, and polar bears, from what I read. So, if it's not that hogs are physically unclean, why did God prohibit his people from eating them? Well, some other people say that God wanted to protect his people from trichinosis. Trichinella is a parasite that you get from eating undercooked meat. And that's why they used to advise cooking some meat to well done and, and never have any pink in it. Remember those recommendations about pork? You always are supposed to cook your pork to 160 on the meat thermometer because that was well done. And that way you wouldn't get trichinosis. Other meats that are prone to carrying the trichinella larva, in addition to pork, include Cougars, wolves, seals, and walrus. Now, there is very little chance that the Israelites would encounter any walruses as they wandered in the desert for those 40 years. And so God forbid the Jews from eating pork because there was lots of pork there in the Canaanites who inhabited the land. It was a popular meat for them. And so... The theory goes, God forbid the Jews 
from eating pork to keep them healthy. But I don't buy it. Because God also forbid the Jews from eating shrimp and lobster. And I don't think there was any danger of the Israelites running into lobsters out in the desert either. No, God doesn't give us a specific reason for keeping away from pork and lobster. But I think we find hints of God's motivation in that second verse of Deuteronomy 14 where it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. The Jews are God's chosen people. And they are chosen to be a light to the nations. They are blessed to be a blessing. And so God set them apart. And one way God sets apart his chosen people is with food laws, like not eating pork. Remember last week when we talked about how the Israelites were so quickly convinced to abandon God and to become just like their pagan neighbors, making idols of golden calves and worshiping the bull god Baal. Well, food laws remind them that they are supposed to be different. They're supposed to follow God and not whatever is fashionable in the culture. And so God gives them these laws to set them apart. Don't worship idols like your neighbor. Don't go to temple prostitutes like your neighbors. Don't sacrifice your children like your neighbors. And don't eat pork like your neighbors. In some way, it's a test. Are you willing to give up something to be my people, says God? And in this case, he asked them to give up pork. And in the inscrutable ways of God, God made bacon unclean, but he made things like lutefisk clean. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't seem fair. Pork is so good. I mean, it's been at the state fair forever. I don't think the state fair was ever around when, when you couldn't get pork. But lutefisk, well, that made its first appearance this year. And I think it's last appearance. <laughs> if, you go, if you go to the fair like I did on Friday, there were lines of people to get big fat bacon. And I walked right up to the counter to get my delicious crispy lutefisk steam buns. <laughs> Notice the four words that don't belong together. <laughs> crispy lutefisk steam buns. Well, I wish them luck because um, they're going to need it. I love lutefisk, and they were, they were awful. So <laughs> I, I have just saved you 15 bucks and an upset stomach. But that stuff's clean. And pork chops and bacon aren't. God tells the Jews, no bacon for you. Pigs are ritually unclean. And so here's the question for us. If we had to give up pork to follow God, could we do it? You know, maybe pork chops, but bacon? I don't know. Well, let me put the question to you a little bit differently. 
What would you be willing to give up to follow God? God's not asking us to give up bacon. We'll get to that in a minute. But what are the things that your neighbors are doing would you be willing to miss out on for the sake of following the Lord? What are the things our culture says is so good and that you can't live without would you be willing to give up to follow Jesus? What if God asked you to be a little different from the crowd because he has chosen you? Because he has. Listen to what Peter says about the followers of Christ. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So as chosen people, what would you be willing to give up, to do without, to declare to the world the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light? What would you be willing to give up to follow Jesus? And like I said, God is not asking you to give up your bacon. You ever wonder why? I mean, why do some Christians eat barbecue and pork chops and bacon on a stick at the fair? Well, it's because of a vision that God gave to Peter. Peter was a good Jew. He didn't eat pork or anything ritually unclean, nor does he associate with any unclean people. And I'm not talking about people who skipped a bath. I'm talking about the people who weren't good enough for Peter. The Roman oppressors, the idolatrous foreigners, the bad Samaritans who worship God in the wrong places with the wrong theology, people who are the wrong race, the wrong nationality, the wrong denomination. In other words, anyone who wasn't a good Jew like Peter. He's clean. He is chosen. They are unclean. They are rejected by God. Or so he thinks. And then one day a Roman soldier named Cornelius is praying to God. Imagine that. A Roman soldier praying to the Lord. And the Lord tells him through an angel that he needs to listen to a man named Peter and what he's got to say. And so Cornelius sends some of his, uh, his men to go get Peter and to bring him. And at the same time this is happening, God is speaking to Peter in a vision and asking him to do what he does not want to do. He wasn't giving up pork, it was just the opposite. Acts 10. About noon the following day as they were on their journey, they being the men sent from Cornelius, and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds, and then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. 
the voice spoke to him a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. So Peter has God's blessing, God's command really, to eat those things that he's never eaten before, like pork. And the church has seen in this God not requiring Christians to maintain the Jewish dietary laws. So, yay! But God didn't want to just teach a lesson about food here. God has a deeper lesson for Peter. Let's continue on. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We've come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. Do you know how difficult it must have been for Peter to invite those Roman men into his home? He comes right out and explains it in, in verse 28. How difficult it is for him to, to associate in any way with these unclean people. He said to them, you are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So in spite of the Jews considering these Romans to be unclean pigs, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and he shares the good news of Jesus Christ with all of them. And they too accept Jesus and they too receive the Holy Spirit and they too speak in tongues even as Peter has and they too are baptized. Peter had lived in a world where there were Unclean and clean people, pigs and people like him, people God hated and people God loved. But in a vision of eating pork and in meeting Cornelius, Peter learned that Christ has broken down the dividing walls that separate us. As the, the Bible says in Galatians 3, so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Who does God call to follow Jesus? Everybody. Jews, Greeks, men, women, slaves, and free. And we were all made one in Christ. And God used a food story a story about pigs and other unclean animals 
to teach that lesson about people. So what does God ask you to give up to follow him? Well, it's not bacon or ham or pork chops, and I'm glad of that. But it might be divisions, judgments about another's worth, hatred, self-righteousness, racism, the way we look at other people, especially the ones that we might call pigs. What does God ask you to give up to follow him? Now, there's a lot of other pig stories in the Bible. There are the demon-possessed pigs in Gerasene. There are the, the pigs that the prodigal son fed with the pods because he could find no other work. And there's the pork-eating reprobates in Isaiah 65. But I think we're going to just end here. You can look up those pig stories for yourself. We'll just leave it with that question. What is God asking you to give up to follow him? Let's pray. God, I am grateful that you did not ask me to give up bacon. Because that would be a tough one. Lord, open my eyes that I may see the things that I need to set aside in my life so that I can follow you. Help me to have the courage not to, to just go along with our culture and society and whatever is the popular and in thing for the neighbors to be doing. And Lord, I pray that for all of us. May we have courage as Christians to be a little different because we follow you. Lord, remind us that it's worth it because it is worth it to follow you even if you should ask us to give up bacon. Lord, may we follow you and experience your joy and your blessings. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us to be 